0: Welcome to Do Tell, where we dwell on the everyday lovely. My name is Ryan, and it's my hope that this podcast encourages you in your relationship with God and helps you focus on the lovely life He has given you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week. We started a series last week on the names of God. Today, we are going to continue with the name el Roi. But before we start, we have our dwelling moment. Today, I want you to think about the greatest desire in your heart. Maybe you're pursuing your dream job. Maybe you want to help people and fill a gap that you think is missing in the world. Maybe you want to provide some things for other people. Maybe you want to get healthy and in shape. Whatever it is. Take a minute and think about that thing in your heart that you feel called to do. Not something you have to do or should do, but something that you feel you were made to do. You can pause this video for a minute and take a second to dwell on this. When you are ready, press play again. So today I said that we are going to talk about El I taught this name to our kids at Sunday school, and I could not believe what an impression that this name made on them. Out of all of them this was the name that they would remember when asked to say some of the names of god El roi means the god who sees me and it came to be in the book of genesis there are a few people in this story that you are probably familiar with abraham and sarah who at this point were still abram and sarai in the previous chapter god and abram were speaking and he told god that he had no heir he was childless that the heir to his fortune was just going to be a child in the families who were with them. God told him, I am going to give you a child. Your heir is going to be one born from you. And Abram believed God. God told him, count the stars. Your descendants will be far more numerous than the stars in the sky. So this is where we pick up the story in Genesis 16, 1-16. Remember every time we read the Bible that it is alive and active and we have an expectant heart that God is going to reveal something to us as we read. So here we go. Genesis 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai, Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, i became despised in her eyes the lord judge between you and me so abram said to sarai indeed your maid is in your hand do to her as you please and when sarai dealt harshly with her she fled from her presence now the angel of the lord found her by a spring of the water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to shur and he said hagar sarah's maid where have you come from and where are you going She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Berle-roi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. As we can see, this is one of the moments in the Bible when we realize that these people were normal humans just like us. This was not one of the example moments where we see people obeying the Lord and great things happening because of it. No. This was a time when people missed the mark. Like I said before, God had in the chapter previously appeared to Abram and told him that he was going to have a child and that he would have as many many descendants as the stars in the sky. So they took that to heart, but Sarai tried to do it her way instead of waiting on God's way. She told Abram to go to her servant and have a child through her. God did not tell Sarai or Abram to do that. But they did it anyways, and as we can see, it caused some problems. Once Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to despise Sarai. Sarai obviously noticed this and told Abram, We have problems, and I blame you. Which is really funny, considering that the whole thing was Sarai's idea, right? But Abram told her that Hagar was Sarai's servant, not his, and she should do with her what she thinks she needs to. So the Bible says she dealt with her harshly, so harshly that Hagar ended up running away. In this situation, we see fault with everyone. Sarai shouldn't have told Abram to do what he did. Abram shouldn't have listened. Hagar should not have despised Sarai. No one handled the situation great, right? So we have a pregnant Hagar alone in the wilderness. And in this moment, the angel of God shows up to her and says, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from? And where are you going? A few things to note here. This is the first time that anyone in the story has spoken directly to Hagar by her name. Every other time that she was spoken to by someone, she was called a maid. But God, when he spoke to her, he called her by her name. We also see, just like last week's episode, where we talked about the Abba Father and how he cares about every single one of us. From the people in charge to the maid, God made it known that he knew who Hagar was and that she wasn't alone in this moment. I love that Hagar responds honestly in this situation. She says, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. Hagar had nothing to hide from God. She said, this is where I'm at. The angel of the Lord could obviously see the other things, that she was alone, pregnant, in the wilderness with no other options. She was honest about her situation, and at this moment, it was pretty low. But the conversation continues. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Now let's pause here for a moment. I can only imagine her heart sinking at this sentence. You have got to be kidding me. I am in a really bad place right here, and this is the direction you're giving me? To go back to the bad spot I just ran from? Obviously there was bad blood there, and Hagar knew she wouldn't be welcomed back with open arms. I'm sure her pride would be hurt to not have any other options, but to go back to that position as Sarai's maid. But the angel of the Lord doesn't stop there. He continues and said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. Now this sentence is what turned everything around for her. Remember that Hagar is a maid. She has no room to rise in her position. The rest of her life will be in servitude to Sarai. But God just told her that her descendants will be multiplied. Not that Abram's and Sarai's descendants would be multiplied, but hers. That her son was going to be in a better position than her. That she was going to have a family. And not only a family, but a legacy that others would know about. See, Hagar was left out of the earlier promise that God had made to Abram about his descendants being as numerous as the stars in the sky. But what God was telling her right now was a promise to her and her children. God gave Hagar hope. He knew the desire of her heart. He saw what she wanted without even having to say it, and he gave it to her. That is when she called God, el Roi. you are the God who sees me. He appeared to her where she saw the angel, and he actually saw her, and he saw her heart. This is El-Roi. This is the God who sees us. This is the God that we can take at his word and have faith and hope that he is going to do what he has told us he will do. Hagar did go back to Sarai, and what God did speak of Ishmael, her son, did come to pass. El-Roi, the God who sees us, when we really embrace that, it changes us. To me, I feel like it's similar to Abba, our father, the God who is with us, who knows all about us, and wants to be a part of our lives all the time. However, it's also so much more. el Roi is the God who truly sees us. When maybe we have a mask up to the rest of the world, when maybe things aren't going the way we planned, when we feel like we are stuck and just want to forget about it, run away and give up, God sees us in these moments. He sees us, he meets us, and he encourages us. The desires that we have in our heart when we are a child of God and when they have a purpose that will affect people's lives, don't think for a second that God hasn't put those desires in your heart. When you are going after them and things get hard and you feel alone and like giving up, God is there saying, I don't think so. Don't give up. I'm here with you. I see how this ends for you, and it's in a victory. When I was making this podcast originally, I was actually targeting it towards younger kids. Growing up, I was around a lot of kids who had really low self-esteem or hated themselves on the edge of suicide. I saw a lot of people at their all-time low, was in it for a season with them, lifting them up, building them up in the truth of how God sees them, that they are loved, valuable, wanted created for a unique beautiful purpose it broke my heart when people opened up to me and told me what they truly thought about themselves how they felt like they were useless unlovable sick with life wanting to give it all up because I saw these people the way that God did I saw them as so precious such a beautiful gift to this world and to my life I saw all of the amazing qualities they had I was blessed to be able to be a part of that journey with people, to really let them see the truth about themselves, about how God saw them and how valuable they were. I was made for that. That would be an intense situation for many people to be a part of. But truly, as much as it broke my heart to listen to them speak about themselves, encouraging them, being there for them, it wasn't a burden. It didn't make me sick to my stomach. God had given me grace to be able to be a part of this situation with hope, joy, and love. God showed me the hope of the victory at the end of the situations. And there was victory in every single one of those situations. I would say that most of this happened during high school for me. And at the end of high school, beginning of college, I started going to a youth group. This youth pastor was also meant to be in my life. Every single time we were together, he would tell all of us how much God loved us. And that we were valuable to god that we were beautiful or handsome that god made a person for us that we would think we were the most beautiful person alive he encouraged us and many of those people who i was helping through those rough situations would go to this group every week we would hear these things on top of this the pastor really cared about us he truly saw us the way that god did he would do anything for us and he made us feel loved and valued He was such a huge reason that people were set free from thoughts in their heads. He pointed people to God and loved them the way that God would. Seeing this and being a part of this man's ministry, towards the end of high school and through college, I wanted to be that for kids too. I knew how hard life was at that age, how even the tiniest word of hate or hurt towards someone can really knock a kid down. I wanted to be someone that encouraged kids built up their confidence in the Lord, I wanted them to know that there was one person in their life who truly did love them, who would be there for them when they needed someone. So fast forward to three years post-college, I had transitioned from my optometric job to the school setting. I was trying to see if teaching was really something that I wanted to do. So this was my second year in the school system, and I had been offered a tutoring job. It was at an education center and I was teaching history and science to middle schoolers. And let's just say that it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. I had amazing kids, but that didn't mean that they made it easy on me. I went home countless times crying, feeling like everything I tried just failed, that I wasn't making a positive difference. There were other things going on at that time as well. And I just thought, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I was at my end, feeling useless. Well, let me tell you something. I got through the year and I can't tell you the amount of love that I got from those kids. Notes and gifts telling me that I had helped them through some tough times. On top of that, I created a relationship with a lot of their parents. And after the school year ended and I left the job, I asked some of the parents if I could do a Bible study with them. I had so many who said yes. So now, two years later, I'm still in touch with these kids, doing Bible studies with them, having park days, looking around like, Lord, this is my heart's greatest desire, and you gave it to me. Taking this position, going through some rough days, led to me having kids I could pour love, truth, and encouragement into. They got to hear how valuable and loved they were every time they were with me. No one else knew that this was the desire of my heart. I had literally never told anyone about that but I had asked God for it. He knew. God saw me, my heart, and knew that it was going to come to pass. There would have been nothing I could have done on my own to try and make this happen, but God had been setting it up for me all along. He met me where I was at along the way, encouraged me, and saw me through it. God is El-Roi. He is the God who sees you. He is the God who no matter who you are, no matter what position you are in, He sees you and your heart he is a good father who won't give you a stone when you ask for a fish he won't cast you aside if you wander off he is ready to be a part of your life whenever you reach out to him when i think of al i think it is so special to be so intimately known there is no fear in knowing that god knows all about me and loves me there is no fear in talking to him about my desires if when I mess up or I'm feeling weak, he is there to strengthen and encourage me in his ways and plans, I am never alone. My life has a purpose and so does yours. He wants you to know that he sees you and it's not from afar or as a stranger. It's up close and personal as a loving father and almighty God. So wherever you are today, I want you to know that God sees you. He is al He values you. He wants to lift you up and direct you in your moments of need. And like Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We serve a big God, and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So be honest with him. Ask for what you want. Listen to his direction and see all that he can do for you. His direction may not be what we expect. I am sure Hagar would have rather done anything else except go back to Sarai. But this was how she was going to have a multitude of descendants. And she was obedient to that. Although I was nervous to take that instructional job at first, I knew God had made a way for me to be there and had called me to do that. And by being obedient to that, he gave me my heart's desire. If Hagar, a maidservant, unloved by the world, alone, mistreated, undervalued, and appreciated was seen by God. So are you. God knows your name. You aren't a number to him or another person who wants something from him. You are his beloved child and you are just as important to him as the most famous person in the world. Let him see you and know you and allow him to show up in your life. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you go out this week dwelling on the truth that God is El the God who sees you. Invite him to be a part of your life and see how he moves exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever think or imagine in your life.